to the HodgePodge Podcast. I'm your host as always, Dylan Hodge, but you guys already know that. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge. Thanks for clicking on this episode. Wherever you are listening, whether you're in your car, whether you're lying in the bed because you haven't gotten up yet, whether you're cleaning your house, whether you're working, whatever it may be, I do thank you for downloading uh, and or streaming this uh, episode of the podcast. It means so much to me. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say. Um, it's just amazing that after five years, people are still listening to my nonsensical, crappy podcast <laughs> that I just happen to, I'm able to get guests on when I shouldn't be able to get guests on because I'm not that great of a podcaster, not that great of an interviewer. Um, so I, I really, I really just want to thank you guys for, for, for hanging in there and listening to me. We've got some new stuff coming. Um, gonna go ahead and get this out of the way before we jump into the podcast. We've got a few things coming. We've got a Halloween episode. Halloween is on a Monday this year. Um, so October 31st is Monday, so we will have an exclusive Halloween horror episode of the podcast. If we've already recorded it, it's a paranormal podcast. It's great. It's freaky. I actually do the paranormal podcast with my lights off to give me the same eerie feeling. So uh, I was freaked out, so I hope you guys um, are going to enjoy that. Because I know, I know I need to get more of that type of stuff on because you guys love that. Um, but there's just so many people that they don't want to talk because I'm not going to give any reasons why I've been turned down because they feel, some people feel that I get on here and I test them, which that's not really true. I don't test people like paranormal or the conspiracy people. I just let them say their thoughts and then I just have to either agree or disagree. And a lot of the times I disagree because I'm just not sure. Uh, but this, uh, the Halloween episode is actually very interesting I give some of my stories, and the paranormal investigator breaks down my stories. He gives me some stories, and he breaks down those stories to see what it actually is legit and what's not. So the 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 Halloween episode is going to be very very cool. But that's going to be on October thirty first. Today is October third, and we've got another full podcast for you, and it's with Karen Freeland. Karen Freeland is an actress, a writer, a motivational speaker. She's all these types of different things. Um, She's talking today about her book, Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. She gets backlash from this title, and she gets on here and she describes why the backlash is so pivotal and why she titled it that. She wanted people to, she, this is a good, I, I will say this, it's a great thing when people are talking about something, whether it be they're talking bad about it or they're talking good about it, they're still talking about it. So you might as well make them be suspicious and, and make people buy something that you're selling by giving them this backlash of a title because we're going to be like, wow, it must be about this. So I'm going to check it out. She's talking about her life from the time she landed a role and from Justin to Kelly to getting Passing Fancy, All My Children, Guiding Light as the World Turns, all these different roles that she gets and turns out she started making money in corporate America. She started making a six-digit figure a year. She started just making money on the side and turned out the side job, the side hustle became her full-time job for 15 years. And she talks about how when COVID came about and happened, she got fired. 
and how that was the best thing that was ever going to happen. So she finishes her book during this time. It took her 10 years to write it, and it's here. It was released on September of last year, and it's a great chat. It's a very odd chat because I've never really talked sexual in a podcast, and that's kind of what this is. She's talking about sex and birds and the bees. It's not all that, but there's a majority of that. So if you have very uh, squimish ears and you don't really like people talking about that, or hey, if you're listening to this with your parent and you're under the age of 16, you might want to put some headphones on and listen to this alone. (laughs) But it's a funny chat. I've never laughed more uh, during a podcast than with Karen. So... Here it is, the conversation with Karen Freeland, right here. This is a penetrating episode of the Hodgepodge Podcast, right here, right now. You know, Dano Seasoning is changing the world one table at a time by offering the best all-natural, low-sodium seasoning products on the market. Dano's goals are to provide you with real flavors to make healthier food choices without ever having to sacrifice the real taste. Dano's includes low sodium, which is only 50 milligrams per serving. It has all natural, unrefined sea salt. There's no sugar, no MSG, no chemicals, and it's completely gluten-free. Also, there's 100% natural ingredients. Dano's seasoning is the most versatile seasoning on the market. Grill, smoke, bake, create soups, sauces, marinades, You can also sprinkle Danos on your eggs, your potatoes, maybe some pizza, maybe some pasta, and even while you're watching a movie, sprinkle some Danos on popcorn. Heck, if you're crazy, why don't you put some Danos on ice cream? Any food that exists, you can put some Danos on it. Go to danosseasoning.com, use my promo code HODGEPODGE, capital H and a capital P in HODGEPODGE. Guys, remember to do that. Um, just like the spelling of the podcast, a capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. You can try all three flavors, which include original, spicy, and hot chipotle right now today. It's damn good. Yum, yum. Get you some. Thanks for being early. Shows yeah, how, no problem. Shows how professional some people are because I've done this a long yeah. time. And you can tell the people that have been doing this longer have more respect and they're like, ah, I get it. I understand. You want to go ahead. Just to... So thanks for being early. I, I always start these early just for my sake to make sure all my stuff's working. Like I never yeah. plan on anybody coming early, but it's just once somebody comes in, you're like, all right, let me count down from 60 and let's get them in here. So they don't think I'm anxiously yeah. awaiting their arrival. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> but uh, is my sound okay? Hey, you're all good. You're everything's if it's, yeah, great. It, it's all good. But uh, thanks for uh, thanks for wanting to come on the show. Thanks for reaching out and thanks for uh, coming on and working with me because I knew last time we had this. I had a meeting come up and I couldn't move it. And I was like, oh, here we go. And then glad we found a, a space where we could able to, to give, you know, 30, 45 minutes to an hour of time to do this. So uh, thanks yeah. for your patience. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So Karen, I guess let's just go ahead and dive deep into the podcast. I all I used to always, when I would start these, I would always just chit chat a little bit but then i realized that the guests are just like come on man let's just get on with it <laughs> so i i, I want to talk about your book i want to talk about all these things I, I, 
I want I want to talk about everything, but I guess let's just start with what's happening right now. We'll make a full circle at the end of the podcast. So right now you're 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 in the middle of announcing a book which you've already come out with called um ins and outs of my vagina a penetrating memoir you're out promoting that right now so how is the selling going is it a, is it a bestseller yet how 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 has the uh process of promoting the book been happening been going for you yeah well it's gonna be a bestseller after everybody that listens to your podcast goes and gets one well i hope but, so uh, no <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet, but I have to say I'm really surprised and pleasantly surprised at how well the promotion has been going because most self-published authors, believe it or not, never sell more than a thousand copies of the book in the lifetime of the mm -hmm. book. And I am happy to report that I've been able to do that in just the first year. So it is really amazing um, to be in that company of hitting the 1,000 books sold milestone. And it just won an award from Reader's Favorite in their 2022 book contest. It got the gold award in nonfiction in the humor and comedy genre. So it is just amazing looking for those on YouTube. I'll just show it really quick. It has a little gold seal now with the award sticker. So um, it's been an amazing ride and just it exceeded all my expectations. And, you know, I think the bestseller comes when it comes. It'll it might take two or three years, but it'll get there. You know, what's crazy is I look at books kind of like I look at movies, like when you mentioned that, you know, with a self-published, you don't expect to sell over a thousand copies or whatever. It's kind of like when Kevin Smith first started out making movies, when he maxed out his entire credit card to make Clerks, one of my favorite yes. movies of all time, one of the greatest comedies that just, so good. that just, just, I mean, took the whole train off the tracks with that movie. And then they're like, a company come to him and they said, Hey man, this shit is brilliant. We love it. Let's go ahead and give you more money so you can go in and you can do some other things. And I think that happens with a lot of authors. Like I know um, back in when I was in school, the Aragon series, those were big books. Mm. And I remember that guy was like 16 when he first wrote the book and then people loved it. And so the big publishing company came after him and like, hey, let's write 15 sequels that nobody's going to read. But, right. <laughs> but let's let's do it. And but but I find that so interesting that that could happen. Like I think we saw that with uh, where the crawdads sink. I think that started yes. off as a self published book, and then halfway through, publishers picked it up to like this is brilliant, and then it just became this massive. I mean, I think where the crawdads sink could be one of the biggest selling books that I've seen done in a long time since that Jim Morrison uh book yeah that was crazy yeah I keep thinking like okay it's gonna be like 50 shades of gray like right no one wants to admit that they've read it but they're all like glued to the book and I think it's kind of the same thing with the ins and outs of my vagina it's like okay I'm really curious about what's in there I want to read it but like he he like I don't know I don't really want other people to see me reading it yeah you know it's like I've never read the the, the 50 shades of gray books um Never read, but I did read, I got, I don't, I don't want to say I got cornered in, but I was doing a podcast with my friends and they were like, Hey, you've got to read where the crawl dancing. I had heard about it. So I went and picked up a right. copy and realized it was this big chick flick of a book. And I said, Oh man, they wrote me into reading a girl book. Right. And I said, oh, <laughs> right, here we go. 
but then turns out I was like, hey, this shit is excellent. I was like, this, I was like, right? this book is excellent. And I just watched the movie last night and I was like, the movie was excellent. And so I'm I may happen to like the 50 Shades of Grey's. I never know until you read them. Don't knock until you try it, right? Right. So with the ins and outs of my vagina being the title of it, was that that was that was probably a great ploy to like self-publish because I don't think a lot of publishers would have jumped on that because I know when David Spade was writing his book, he wanted it to be my stupid effing book. But the publishing company, HarperCollins, was like, no, you can't do that because you're saying this. You have to call it something else. And so they landed on the original, right. the, the title now. So that has to be a plus for it, right? You can toggle it, whatever. Yeah, you whatever. would think. I mean, I think there's pluses, there's pros and cons to right. it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the original title was I Don't Know My Vagina. That was kind of like my working title. And then when I started working with my editor and I was brainstorming things and I was um, one of my friends actually, who was in a sweaty wrestling gym with me while I was writing, my son was at wrestling practice. She's like, you know what? I like the ins and outs of my vagina. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. I think Mm -hmm. that's it. And I took it back to my editor and he was like, sold. He's like, that, that's beautiful. Like, let's go with it. So um, you never know where inspiration is going to hit. But I think some people look at the title and they have assumptions about it. Like, Mm. oh, is this just going to be all her sexual conquests? Is this just going to be another like raunchy for the sake of being raunchy book? And other people are like, wow, good for you. That sounds empowering. I want to read it. So I think it has like a little bit of a mix, Um, but I'm here to say it's not just a list of my conquests. There is definitely sex in the book and it does not disappoint. So if you kind of like a little bit of that, like behind the scenes, smutty read, um, you're going to get a little bit of that, but it's a lot of other stuff, right? It's going through puberty. It's the mean girl moments where people shame Mm. you for your body. It's going to have a bikini wax and having no idea what to expect. And then being told to flip over on all fours. And you're like, wait, what? It's, you know, pregnancy and dealing with the episiotomy, which is kind of when they give you a little slit in your vagina in your vulva i should say the outside so the baby can come out without tearing into a million pieces okay um so like there were all these things that like i went through and i had to learn the hard way i i didn't understand you know what an episiotomy really was i thought until i was 30 years old that like certain normal body functions were disgusting and there was something wrong with my body and you know, wondered why I wasn't having orgasms left and right, like a guy, like what's going on. And I'm like, if I can just touch one person and like one person reads my book and goes, Oh, I am normal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like that to me makes it all worth it. You know, you mentioned that you hit on, uh, periods in the book and just stuff that people don't hit on a lot, you know, and that brings to a segue that a a while ago, they, they, Disney put out a movie about the panda the big giant panda right and i remember watching it because i watched i do movie reviews on the podcast and i love disney and i remember feeling weirded out that this little girl was having periods in a disney movie and i was like (laughs) ah i was like i don't know like i don't think a three-year-old would watch this a two-year-old i don't think they're ready for that journey yet so i got to talking with people on the podcast and they made me realize look I understand you don't want your three or four year old daughter or son watching that, but you want the 
10-year-olds, the 11-year-olds that this is about to happen to say, oh, this is normal. It happens. It's even happening to, to Disney princesses per se. You know, and so right. it kind of made me turn a corner and I was like, okay, I understand it. So I I like what you're doing. You're kind of doing what an Anna Ferris did with her book, what uh, like an Amy Schumer did with the girl with the lower back mm-hmm. tattoo, kind of going into going into that risque era with a comedic value to it. Because you Yeah, anybody like, that we can, can laugh appreci- about it. Because anybody that can appreciate themselves is people that can laugh at themselves. Mm-hmm. You know? 100%. Yeah. And it's so normal. And, and I hear what you're saying, you know, like as a mom of two boys, like, yeah, I don't know if I need my three-year-old saying, Hey, what's a period. But at the <laughs> same time, I mean, most moms are going to the bathroom and they have to bring their kids in with them. Right. Sure. When they're little, like, cause you can't just leave a toddler running around your house. They'll burn themselves or stick a finger in a light sock. I mean, who knows? Right. So they're bringing them into the bathroom. Well, what are you going to do when you have your period and you have to swap out a tampon and your kid's like, what's that? Like, I mean, they probably already even know about it. Mm. You know, it's just like, it's so normal. Like now my kids are so funny. Like one of them will the other day, not the other day, it was like maybe a year ago, but I was in the process of publishing the book and getting ready to launch it. And I said something in a, about my period and my son was like, oh God. So are you just like bleeding in your underwear right now? And my other one hits him and goes, no, duh, she's wearing a tampon. And I was just like, perp, like, exactly. Right. Okay, we're, we're just moving on. This is like not a big deal. Like they're just, it's so part of their everyday life now um, that it's just nothing. And, you know, I hope that if they're in school one day and one of their classmates gets their period, that they're not going to be that dick that's like, oh, look, you got period on your pants. Right. Like right. they'll be the one that takes off their sweatshirt and goes, look, wrap, wrap this around your waist and just give it back to me next period or something, you know, like whatever. And then it's not a big thing. Right. It's, you know, I was, I don't think I was ever grossed out by any of that because it was, I was, I, I don't want to say this to sound like a dick to my dad. Cause my dad's still here. He's still, they're still married, but he was like, he was never, he was always working or he was always doing stuff. So I was, pretty much raised with my mom my grandma and my sister you know so it was never it was never weird for me so now today I can always you know if they're in an attitude I go okay get on your rack get off of it please so we can go on about our day and just make a joke about it but but when you say that it, it that they probably already know that's very interesting because you know when I was growing up you would see tv and they would have the birds and the bees talk and you would always be so scared you're like oh I dread when this comes but then the times had changed when I got to the age and pretty soon it was like, okay, you don't have to talk. I'm pretty sure you know about it from school. Cause you had, you had to have six health class. You had to have all this stuff. They're like, so just go about it. We're, we're going to keep the awkwardness away from me, from you. And you already know what happens. You make the parts fit. Hey, it's over with, you know, it's, and it's weird. And, and I wonder now, cause I got two nephews and they're three and one. And I got a niece that's six months. And it's crazy to me to think, that what is going to happen in 13 years where they're going to realize this and figure it out? Like what, what's the new technology going to be? Because now it's health class. Now it's 
I mean, pornography, uh, you, you know, you well, know, it's you, that's what I was going to say. Unfortunately, now right. it's the Internet and it, right. it is the pornography. Right. And that is such a disservice to our children, because that yeah. is not what sex is going to look like for you. Probably like ninety nine point nine percent sure. That's not what sex is going to be like. It's not going to be the Christian, uh, the Christian gray stuff. That's, that's, that's all no, exactly. No, you know, so and, and if it is and that's your jam, then that's right. your jam. Go but ahead. like. For most people, that's not what it's like. So then it's like, okay, well, why isn't my partner satisfied? I'm doing what I saw in this film. Mm. And it's like, well, most guys don't realize like women, only mm. 20% of women can actually orgasm from penetration alone. So that's no clitoral stimulation. Like that is not going to work for your partner for 80% of the women out there, but they see it in a film and they're like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Okay. And then you know, it leads to so many other problems. So yeah, we can't just let them figure it out on our own. We have got to have the awkward conversation. And the more you talk about it, the less awkward it gets. You ever thought about how you're going to, are you going to let your husband do it? Or are you going to, if you figured out how you're going to break it to him, tell him, Hey, this is how it works. So they already know. Oh, they, okay. They have had, so, so how did yep. that happen? How did, how did the, how did that talk happen? Yeah. So a lot of it did stem from me writing the book because I started the book ah. in 2019. So this has kind of been like a little bit of a process. Right. And so once I started writing the book, I was like, well, we got to tell them what I'm doing and they got to know they can't read it. Like they know they're not allowed to read the book. And so my husband did have the initial conversation. I, 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 I want to interrupt you just one quick. Yeah. How, you, you would know you would have a problem with your kid if your mom wrote a book and, and it was my vagina and your kid was like, I want to read it right now. You know, you would have to take that kid to therapy the <laughs> second it said it. There is no way. I would be like, no, kid. Uh, what is going on? You've got problems. You need to get out of the house. You, you need to find something. <laughs> but, uh, you know. It, yeah. So Amen. Thankfully, they I don't want to read it. Thankfully, they don't want to read it. No, no, definitely not. And I think, you know, there is. I think there is a sense of curiosity because I think even for them, they can't fathom what's in the book because they're still young. Like they're not having right. sex. They're not even, right. I mean, I told my son to just invite a girl over to the house that he likes. And he's like, no, no, right. I'm in sixth grade. I can't be having girls over. So right. they're either in like a totally different place than I was at, at their age, which thankfully this is a good thing. Um, so yeah, wait, what was the question? Now I forgot what I was saying. Uh, who had the talk with your sons? Oh yeah. So my husband did the talk, okay. but then it was funny because we were like walking one day and my son just out of nowhere is like, well, how long does the process take? And I'm like, what process? Like, I don't even know what he's talking about. And he's oh, like, you know, like to make the baby. And I'm like, well, I'm like the process itself takes about like 30 seconds. I'm like, about 15, 20, depending on the person. Right. I'm like, but it can take longer if you're enjoying it. And he was like, okay, that's enough. Thank you. <laughs> He'd heard all he needed to hear. You know, but I, I, I want to say this though. My family was never like that. We didn't, I hated, like, I, I hated talking, like, you know, even saying that yeah. stuff. Like now my brother, he married his wife and she is just wide open. And I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm almost 25. And I'm like, Hey, can we just like, calm down for it's, it's, it's still awkward for me and i'm like just just stop for 30 seconds and think about it i never talked like that growing up so it still kind of grosses me out a little bit so please just you know but but i'm glad that that a lot of people grow up like that you know because it's yeah. now they're gonna 
you know, it's they don't have to go through the crap I go through. <laughs> right. Well, it's crazy because like as a kid, you know, my parents didn't really talk to me about that stuff either. Uh, and I remember just sitting in the living room, like watching TV or if a movie was on and they were like starting to get like a little more than just kissing. It was like so awkward. I'm just like, I don't want to be in this room watching this with my parents right now. Get me out of here because it wasn't normalized, you know? And, and my parents really, it was kind of like figured out. Like I was given the message, don't have sex till you're married. That's it. End of story. Thanks for playing. But they never came back when they, when I got married and we're like, okay, so now this is how it works. Right. It was just like, well, we've assumed you figure it all out. You can know? you imagine, can you imagine what it's like for those Duggar kids? Like when they get married, they have <laughs> to have the talk when they get, that, that is, that was probably some of the most awkward stuff to be, I don't know, 40 years old and, and getting married. And then your dad have said that that would be the most weird stuff I could ever imagine where it's like, because I'm pretty sure if they're if what they say is real, like if it's legit, their their religion and what they're doing is legit, I'm pretty sure they don't know. If they're really standardized, yeah. and I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't know. And it's crazy. How would you know? Right. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. That that would be yeah. I would be like, here's son, here's a phone. Just 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 figure it out. You know, it would be, you know, at 40 years yeah. old, you know. But I, I want to go and back. That's why the book is I, yeah, I, go ahead. I, I, I want to go back because I want to hit on this point later because it's going to come up in a conversation. Sure. So you went to college, you leave college, you graduate, you go to Florida. You want to be a movie star, Karen Freeland on the yeah. billboard. So you get, you do Justin to Kelly, you go to like all my children, you get all these things. And then what happens? I got an idea to go get a job in corporate and make as much money as possible for one year. Cause waiting tables is really hard to like also make your auditions. You know, it's like, okay, well I got a shift on Tuesday, so I'm going to miss the audition. So I can't book a job, but then, oh, I can make the audition, but I got a shift on Thursday. So I can't actually make the day that they're going to shoot this commercial or whatever. So it just felt like it was always really hard to get ahead in the acting world. So I'm like, that's it. I'm going to quit waiting tables and I'm just going to go into corporate. And literally four months in, I get my first commission check. It's got four numbers on it. It was like a thousand and change. And I was like, oh, a thousand dollars. I mean, I'm a, a starving <laughs> artist, right? Like I'd never seen so much money in one place. And I was just instantly addicted to the one check I can make rent and buy food and know I'm not going to die tomorrow. Right. And go out and have a little fun too. Like, you know, go to dinner, go to the bar, whatever. Um, and that for me was just so exciting because being in New York city, working paycheck to paycheck, like that sucks, you know, like everybody else is going out and having fun. And it's like, you want to live like that too. So I, ended up kind of saying, well, I'll try to act on the side, you know, and I still did some stuff here and there on the side, but I really, once I got into corporate, I was like, Ooh, how do I earn more of this money? How do I get a bigger title? How do I, you know, prove that I'm amazing and like have this status symbol that everyone else around me seems to be wanting also. And that was it. I went from, you know, T-Mobile to pharmaceutical sales 
um, to Verizon, spent nine years there, went to an energy company for three years. And then I had a total midlife crisis at the ripe old age of 39. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like right, there's, so, I was not put here to make PowerPoints. So you're doing that. And when did the, I don't know if there's a realization, but when did you kind of just put the acting in the back of your mind? Just like, ah, forget it. I'm doing too well here. Yeah, that would have been when I started my training role. So that would have been 2008. Like I had just gotten married. I got a training job and all of a sudden it was like, I was off. My schedule was all over the place. You know, I'd be in Maryland for a week or I'd be in Pennsylvania for four days. And there, it just logistically was a nightmare to try to schedule anything. And my, all my agents were getting pissed because they'd send me out and be like, Hey, they want you to come in. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm out of town for work. And they're like, this needs to be your job. So they, it's just kind of like the phone stopped ringing, you know? So it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of me consciously being like, okay, I'm not going to really have time for this anymore. And a little bit of the agents just being like, okay, if you're not serious about this, we'll find somebody who is, you know, I still struggle with that today because I'm still living in that lifestyle. Like, like I'm trying to do this, which is barely bringing in any cash flow. Like it's, it's bringing in something, but it's not, but I've been doing this since I was 18 years old. So didn't go to college. I've been doing this and I've been doing jobs. Like I've had so many jobs because, and it's been part-time jobs. Like, and people, you know, you get made up of all time. You're still living at home with your parents. And I'm like, but I have a reason for, for like, I, I, it's not that I plan on doing that. It's just, that's how the cards fell. They didn't fall face mm -hmm. up. They fell face down. And it's like, you know, now it's getting better. Now I'm getting more Good. sponsors for the podcast. It's starting to rejuvenate, started to get big. And, you know, I did life insurance. I sold life insurance and I'm going to say this six miserable months. I hated it. I, it wasn't that I hated it. It was just that when I went in there, I don't want to say I was bamboozled. I was not told that you didn't get a weekly check, like a normal, oh. like a normal job. I didn't realize you had to go in there and you had to make your money. So I would, I, I was just dealt the wrong hand, I think, because I was given all these old leads to call and these people had already told these people 20 times no. So how was I going right. to make it any better telling them yes? Like, like I'm literally sitting there. And, and the bad thing was, and I, I don't hate this company I because the people helped me out so much. They gave me money when I needed it, filled the car up, all, all that types of things. But they were just like, you have to be here Monday and Thursday, 12 hours, and you have to call for eight hours. You, you, you have to ask permission for bathroom breaks. You have to do this. You have to do this. And you have to do this. And you're not getting paid and you're using your own phone and using your own gas. And I was kind of I was like... Well, wait a minute. You're, you're you're basically using us. You're making us a sweatshop. And then every yeah. time I would bring that up, they would agree, but would never change anything. So finally, right before Christmas last year, right before Christmas last year, I realized something had to change. So I text my supervisor 
Because they're always asking you, what's your goals for the company? What's your goals for the company? Right. My goal is to make damn money so I can live. <laughs> and that's that would be my goal, to make money. I, what am yeah. I, I made a, in six months, I probably made a couple grand. That's what I made on my own, not what I was given. Because they would help you out every yeah. now and then. So Christmas comes last year. I text my supervisor. I was already fed up at this point because they go, Hey, you're on Christmas. Uh, it was Thanksgiving break. Uh, you guys don't have to come in for this for these amount of days, but if you do, that's fine. Well, then I didn't go in because I had family functions. It was Thanksgiving. We told we didn't have to come in. And then they go on this big group chat. Okay, for those of you that come in, you're getting a bonus and you're getting all this stuff, yada yada, for coming in. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If it was optional, why right. why should everybody be left out? So I texted my supervisor the next day. And I said, hey, what are your goals for me? I, I tell you my goals every time, but what are your goals for me? And it was literally, if you don't make this amount of money by Christmas, you're gone. And I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to leave now. I, I can't do this yeah. anymore. So see you later. So to say sales, Good for you. to say sales is my low point, that would be, an understatement because I am not good at sales at all. I, it was crazy. I, I can sell well, the podcast. Well, do you want to be good at sales? I can sell That's the, the podcast. Well, selling my own stuff. Like if I had a comp, like if I was selling this drinking water right here, I could sell the shit out of this. What, what is life right. just going to do? Just give me a check. Like it's my, like I sell the podcast. Boom, boom. I can yeah. sell the crap out of it. But selling anything else, it's like good luck, good luck. Because there's I, no attachment to it. Right. And you I, don't I think, have I that passion for it. Right. I, I think it's the yeah. passion. And I also think it's commitment. Like I'm not as committed to selling a Walmart water bottle as I am to, to, to something that's lasted me six, seven years, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, it's so relatable. I mean, that was a lot of why I was just like, I can't do this corporate thing anymore. You know, like I got so burnt out and I kept giving them, giving them everything. It was like, here's my blood, you know, like I haven't slept in weeks. I've cracked three teeth because I'm so stressed. I'm grinding at night. Like this is not healthy for me. And it was same thing. Like the carrot kept moving. I kept getting passed up for promotions. And I was just like, there has to be more to life. Like mm. this, this can't be it. I can't just sit around and make PowerPoints all day. Like, no. And now I love what I do, you know, because I've been able to totally reinvent my life and it's great. Now, I want to ask you this on a personal level and you don't have to answer any question that I'm going to ask, but okay, I want to know what, without, without giving me a digit, what were you making per year at this job? Oh, multiple but, six figures. So I, I mean, okay. I don't mind giving a figure okay, if sure. you want. Uh, Cause I just think it's good to put it into context. I sure. don't think women talk about money nearly as much as they should. So my base was like 165. So you're year. making 165 K a year plus bonus plus. Okay. Mm -hmm. 200 grand a year. Let's just, let's, let's just round it up 200 grand a year. When you leave, what is your thoughts? Because obviously, I'm sure you're good with money. You probably have enough saved to last for a little bit. Not maybe not your whole life. Maybe maybe so, but right. a little bit. What's your thoughts on financial state? Because I'm always interested not oh, about yeah. how much people anybody make because that's not my business. What people make, but I want to know, like when actors, like I have actors all the time. Like my 
my good friend Jason Marsden, Disney Channel. I have him on all the time, and I go, man, I, I don't care how much you made on this show. I just want to know, are you financially stable? Am I going to have to worry if <laughs> if you don't get the next show? Are you going to, you know, lose everything? So I, yeah. you know, what was your thoughts when that when you when you left? Because you mentioned it was just right out of the blue you left. So were you thinking that you know were you thinking about leaving this entire time or was it just out of the blue I'm done? Well, so actually, I was gifted from the universe uh, uh, being laid off. So COVID. I had already said, "Gotcha." Yep, I gotcha. was like, "I'm going to leave by December 31st." But I think you know, God, whatever my, that's my higher power, but whatever your higher power is. I, I think he knew that I was still too addicted to the money drug. And I would have tried to figure out a way. Well, now I'll just stay till my bonus comes. Now I'll just stay till this point. And I wouldn't have like cut the cord. So I had already been thinking about it. I knew it was coming. We had started like just kind of curbing some of the unnecessary spending um, just to kind of like brace for it. And then the call came August 12th. They were like, we don't need you anymore. Your position's being eliminated. And I, the, the emotions were twofold. On one hand, it was like the biggest sense of relief. And I literally like packed the kids in the car and we went to a Mexican restaurant and I got a margarita and we like celebrated with lunch. And I was like, I'm a free woman. This is great. Mm. And at the same time, like literally the second I hung up the phone, like I started to cry because I was like, they don't want me. Oh my gosh. Like it's one thing when you want to walk away, but it's a different thing when someone says they don't want you. So you know, I'd be lying if I said that it didn't hit me, but I was so lucky because I did have a, a call, um, with a woman that I had been working with to write my speech to like, start doing motivational speaking. And I knew I had to get on that call. So I just had like a minute breakdown. And then I was like, okay, just get on this call. Like everything's going to be fine. Like the universe has already got your plans in motion. Like you're good. And it was fine. You know, there was this big sense of relief from that. Like, okay, this is gone. I can do this. Um, we also did meet with a financial planner not too long after that, just to see like what our situation was. Um, and we were like very relieved after going through that process because then, you know, I think you always think you don't have enough money. Right. Like, like there's, there's always yeah. this fear, like, yeah, but can I keep up this lifestyle? And, you know, what will, will my kids be able to go to college? What will I have money well, well, for? Well, to be fair, to be fair, you also had a, a back a, a back support of a, a job. So you could order $150, $200, dollars worth of Amazon if you wanted to and know, okay, I'll make that $300 up next week. But now that $300 right. is no longer, uh-oh, what's going to happen next for this $300? Because I bought this Amazon when I could have paid $300 on the phone bill, $300 on the electric bill. Yeah. And so I was really lucky. Also, we went on vacation. So right after I got laid off, I just felt like I was telling my husband, it was right before Labor Day. And I was like, I feel like I need a break. I need to get out of this house. Cause again, COVID, like we'd all been stuck in the house for forever. Mm. I'm like, I need to go somewhere and just separate old Karen from new Karen. Like this new amazing life that I want to create. I want to become a life coach. I want to help other women make this transition like I have, but I don't feel like I can do that until I like have some sort of, I don't know, like separation or like, you know, bury the old and like rebirth the new. And so we went to Cape Cod 
And it was amazing. We had a wonderful week, but it was the first time I had ever let my husband pay for all the things on the vacation. Cause I was the sugar mama, right? I was the breadwinner. Ah, so when okay. we, yeah. So when we ever went on a vacation, it was me just swiping credit cards for the whole week. And then, you know, so on this vacation, I think I paid for one lunch and I bought coffee for myself one morning or something. And he paid for everything else. And we came back and I looked at his bank statement and I just had this like pit in my stomach. And I was like, I was like, I have to work. I have to have income. Like, what am I going to do? So I did end up consulting for a little bit. So I had a side gig um, and I consulted for almost two years now. So uh, I will be done at the end of September of this year, 2022. And I'm, I'm no, now in a position where I don't need the consulting anymore. I have made up enough money through that two years of consulting. Um, and now with my life coaching really kicking in and having more clients, like I'm in a good spot where I, you know, have enough coming in. So it's good. It's exciting. Yeah. You know, but it was nerve wracking. I, I, I fully understand. I, I see where exactly where you're coming from, but you mentioned earlier that, you know, you were, I'll, I'll quit December 31st or we'll wait. December 31st is already passed. And they promised me a, a bonus on the second. So I got to stay to the second. That's like anything in life, but mostly I associate it. Obviously I'm not the skinniest person. I associate it with weight because you're like, I'm going to lose weight. Well, it's almost the holidays. So let's just give it till January, make the new year, new me, you know, those fucking pricks that say that all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then January comes and you go, well, I had a Coke on the first. So let me start on, let me give it a week. Cause I didn't root. It's like, start right now. Yeah. Start. And if you fail, guess what? In the morning, you're wake, you know, wake up. You're going to be clean and empty. Start again. Keep failing. Start. Yep. That's what a lot of people don't understand is you have to keep, I, I saw, I saw this great, this great motivational quote. And it said, you can still, it was like you can start a company at 18, fail at 32, restart over at 48, and then fail at 62 and restart at 80. Like it was, you have to. I mean, to like it's like Colonel yeah. Sanders. Colonel Sanders didn't make it KFC till he's 70 years old and died seven years later. Like, you know, it's, yeah. but I'm glad those seven years he got to enjoy, you know? Yeah. Even if he got to enjoy it for six months, it's never too late. Yeah. So when you go, okay, you're done. You start this little side gig where you're consulting. Now you're figured out, okay, I want to be a motivational speaker. Can anyone be a motivational speaker? Like, can can somebody just come out of the room? Can I just come out tomorrow and go, okay, ladies, I want to do, ladies and gentlemen, let's do a motivational speaker. I'll be coming to your school every Thursday. Can you, can you <laughs> do that? Like, how do people promote themselves, one, as yeah. a motivational speaker? It's like, just because I make a Peter Burn jelly sandwich, can I consider myself a surname chef? Because you have to go to school to be a chef. Like, what's it like to take right. to do a motivational speaker? Yeah, actually, that is probably one of the few professions that you can really just say, hey, I've okay. done some speaking. Uh, my my uh, aim is to be motivational in nature. Boom, that's what you put out there. And I think there is something though that, you know, you have to be confident enough to own that. So I remember when I was first building my 
So just to go back to the book for a second, mm-hmm. you know, no one buys a memoir from someone they don't know, right? You right. buy a memoir from like Johnny Cash because you're like, I love his music. I want to know more about Johnny Cash or Madonna or whoever, right? So my editor was like, you can't just put out a memoir and expect people to buy it. Nobody knows you. You need a platform. You got to build a website. And I'm like, a website? Well, what am I going to put on my website? And so I had been doing some speaking gigs and I was like, well, I'm like, I'll put motivational speaker. That'll be good. And literally like, you know, once I owned that and I like spoke it into the universe, I won a seat in this course to write your speech in 90 days and like have my signature talk. And I was like, okay, universe, what are you telling me? This Mm -hmm. is where you want me to go, isn't it? Okay. Like it just kept lining things up. And I actually last night just had a call to talk at um, Business and Heels, which is doing their Borderless Business Solutions Summit in November. And it's going to be from Australia through to the US time zone into the UK. And then I think they're going to go up into APAC. So it's basically going to be like almost 24 hours where they're, we're going to have this like borderless summit. And I'm going to be speaking on personal branding brilliance and how to really stand out and get your personal brand in check so that you can have the success you're looking for. So, you know, it's just one of those things that like you start to put it out there and then and own it. And it just, it starts to come to you. You know, I always find it interesting, like your, your main audience is obviously female, like your main audience Mm -hmm. is a female and I find it not odd, but I find it like, well, why am I talking to her? I'm, I'm a guy, you know, it's like that, it's like that Bill Bird joke where he goes, you're seeing Michelle Obama. She does all these, she does more things than a man does and wait till the first lady, wait till, wait till, you know, the first lady comes in and she's doing all this stuff wait till the female is president and watch what happens when the, when the male starts doing, he doesn't shut the fuck up and sit down. Like, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's weird things where, you know, I love Bill Burr. but um, yeah, it's, but you're right. When you come to me, you came to me and you were like, Hey, I wrote a book, a memoir. And I was like, okay. Um, all right. I'll, I'll give you my honest reaction. I was like, okay, I don't really know who she is, but I don't know who a lot of people are. And then I just started looking at your stuff and I go, oh, she's telling a memoir, but she it's like a self-help memoir. Like it's it's a comedic yeah. take. And I understand what she's doing with the motivational speaking. It, you, you took, you went backwards, I should say. Instead of being a motivational speaker and writing a book, you wrote a book and said, okay, now I have to motivational speak and do speeches to, to get this book out to people. So yeah. I appreciate yeah. people that do, that do the things opposite. Thank you. I like to be a little unconventional, you know, <laughs> do so, things my way. And that's so, probably why it didn't work in corporate. I just so. can't be put into like a box, you know? Yeah. So I want to know somebody that was in movies and, you know, all that stuff started out. Can you watch a movie today and look at it different? Like, are you looking at it differently? Because I, I think so. And I say that because I review movies on the podcast, so I can never watch a movie and not go, damn, they should have done something. I can never watch it as just to be entertained. I have to watch it and just sure. critique it because that's what I do. Like I'm, I'm awaiting to be a critic on Rotten Tomatoes. So if that happens, that's going to be crazy for me. But it's like, if I do that now, I'm, not, I'm never going to be able to enjoy a movie again in my life. So I wonder, yeah. is that the same for you? 
Of course. I'm like, oh, that person really wasn't feeling it. Or, you know, they're not like I'm critiquing the acting and, you know, the sometimes the set, I'm like, oh, that was continuity. Where was continuity on this shot? Like his tie was done up. Why isn't it done up now? (laughs) Like, you know, those little things that they miss. Um, But those were such fun days. Like I loved being on set. That was just like, everything for me, you know, and every year we would get, because I was part of the screen actors guild awards, um, or the screen actors guild. Like I had my SAG card, um, every year when they would do the awards, we would get all the DVDs and all the movies ahead of time because we could vote for who we thought was best motion picture, best supporting actress, all that stuff. So that was like our favorite time of year. Cause we'd get all the best movies that were coming you out know, ahead of time. That's the, that's, that's the coolest thing that I get to do is I had somebody on, I mean, a long, the beginning of the podcast and we were talking about movies, giving our favorite movies of the year or, or something. And she was part of some, she was part of something and I got involved into it. And now I get like sent movies every week and it's like, brand new shit that never that come out i was like this is cool this is the perks of doing this you know and it's like yes it's the perks that get to come so i wonder have you watched any movies lately and if so what's the one that you saw where you were like oh that was perfect gosh i really haven't i we honestly we cut cable Mm -hmm. in 2019 because we were getting so addicted to news and we would just sit there all yeah. night and like watch TV and scream at the TV and, you know, go to bed feeling discouraged about the way the world is. So we just decided in October of 2019, right before COVID, I'm like, well, of all times, we cut cable and we didn't replace it with a streaming service. So we typically, if I see a movie, it's something that we already have a DVD of, like maybe Harry Potter or something like crazy. The kids will break something out. I know. And then my husband did get like the Yellowstone DVDs. So we were watching that show for a little bit, but I got to be honest, I have a really hard time with shows that depict violence against women. So like there was a scene in Yellowstone mm-hmm. where one of the guys like hits this woman over the head with oh, a rock yeah. and then he's yeah. like, oh crap, I killed her. And he like chokes her out. And I was like, I can't watch this. I'm done. I leave the room. I'm like, if this is entertainment for you and this is what you want to watch by all means. But I'm like, we are literally, you know, our culture sometimes just makes me crazy. Like, how is that entertainment? How is watching a woman get strangled out yeah. on, on a TV show? I don't find, I don't find that funny appealing at all so i just bow out Mm. you know with yellowstone i didn't watch it at first because i'm not a western person i'm not 90 you know so i was like eh. but then (laughs) but then people kept hey you gotta watch it you gotta watch it and so i joined the wagon around the second or third season but you know they just take so long damn breaks like Yellowstone goes on like a year and a half break. So when it comes back, I don't really care. Like now I'm sitting there thinking, right, it's coming back. I don't give honestly two crafts because it's just, but that, but I think that's the part where streaming services get you. I think that's what they want. Like, like I think it's this corrupt business between regular T or cable and streaming services because now they're like, you can watch all episodes now. And three months, we're going to come up with a new season versus 
I don't know, direct TV, Dish Network, all these places. They're like, yeah. we're going to give you one a week and you're going to have to wait nine months because we don't even know if you're going to be renewed. So like, so that's the best right. part about streaming services is they can come up with their own series and then go, okay, first episode did great. Let's give them another season and immediately start production on it. So like, it's this weird, yeah. corrupt platform that everybody- I know. At, well, I got to say everybody because you're not on there. So 99.9% .9 of people are, right. are connected to this thing. And yeah. it's, social media is just as bad as well. Social, you know, oh, I, gosh. I stopped, I stopped. And I think that may have been for me, because I used to post all the time on social media. And then one point I, because I've never put my nephew's names out there. I don't mind putting their pictures because they yeah. see them in town anyway. You know, it doesn't matter, but I never say their names on social media. So, and then there was a post that I put on there and my nephew, he, we don't, we're not sure if he's autistic or if he's just slow. Mm -hmm. So sure. yeah, he has this obsession this with watching one movie and you have to watch that movie over, 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 over. over and and over. he acts like he's yep. never seen it before. Like I've never seen this movie before. It's the greatest movie. And so right. he was at one point addicted to the movie Cars with Lightning Oh McQueen gosh. I don't know Vader. a kid that wasn't. I yes. God, I feel bad that I was. Now that you're watching it as an adult, you're like, that's not really that good. Like, it's kind of terrible. Uh, but there is about, I don't know, 80 miles away from us headed towards the state capitol. There is a big, somebody had put out in their yard and they created the Lightning McQueen and the Mater cars out of old vehicles. Looks just like them. They redesigned it. And so we had stopped and he was, he was freaking out. He was climbing on the car, climbing on it, taking pictures. And so I put on there on, on social media and said, my nephew met his hero today. Cause he's three. He doesn't have right. Howard Stern as a hero. It's, it's what he watches every day. You will not believe the comments I got. He's three. How much of the world is, does a, 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 a car a hero? You're teaching him wrong things. And I go, do you not forget the part that he's still in diapers? Did you not forget the part that he has to wear Velcro shoes because he can't tie his shoes? And I was like, after that was six months ago. And since then, I just post once a week, every podcast I post a podcast. And I'm just like, you know, I'm, I like social media for a while. And then you get like, you know, it's like you like it for a while. You see everybody getting hated right. on. You're like, wow. And then you get hated on. You go, ooh, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> it's like ooh. no it's amazing like I I made very early on a conscious decision that I would never post something a that I wouldn't say to someone's face right. and b that would bring them down like I will only speak light and beauty and positive things to other people and there's times trust me where I'm scrolling through and I'm like oh I would love to give them a piece of my mind and then I'm like why so my acronym is SOB scroll on by mm -hmm. and just keep on mm -hmm. going because that me sharing my opinion, first of all, they don't care. They, they're they probably right. not going to change their minds because of my thing, but it's a waste of my energy. And so I can use that energy instead to pump into my business, into my clients, into my second book that I'm working on now, um, which is also going to be nonfiction, but not a memoir. Um, and you know, like I would rather do that. And it was the same thing for me with TV and all that stuff became a time suck. And it was taking me away from being able to go hiking or do other things, work out things that were more important to me. 
you know, I see that with like the Little Mermaid now because she they changed her. Re- I don't give a shit if it's a good movie. It's a good, and it's like, and I look at it this way: I see people complain all the time, and I say, okay, before you complain, you have the right to complain. I'm I complain about stuff all the time, but before you berate Disney, berate this young actor that's trying to make it big as Little Mermaid. Think about it for a second. Is it A, going to keep you from sleeping at night? B, keep you from learning other things, keep you from doing things? Is it really bothering? If it is that bothering you that much, you need to go find a doctor because this is not, this is not, this is not my mom hates me and she told me to go to hell the other day and she won't answer my phone call. This is not that, this is, they've literally changed the color of a mythical creature. You know, a mythical. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think that all the time, I'm like, is this keeping you from living your life? If not, no, it's not. Pretty much, it's 99% chance it's not. Who cares? But people just have this, people just have this thing about them where they have to say what is on their minds 100% of the time. And they don't care. It's like people that go, oh, he's speaking the truth. No, he's speaking the truth to you. Because that's what you want him to say. That's what you believe. He's not speaking right. the truth. He's speaking out of his ass. You, you know, it's there you it, go. It's like yeah. he's no, he's not. He's speaking to the truths that you want to believe, that you believe. And you know, it's that that's why I hate the creation of politics. I hate the creation of social media. I hate the creation of debates. I, I because everybody thinks if you're not one side, you're the other. And it's right. It's kill it's killing the population. It is killing, yeah. like, there is, now, now this is crazy. I'll tell you this and we'll, um, we'll move off. Um, there is someone that it's about, the school's about 30, 45 miles from my studio here. And, you know, we're all in the, the Me Too movement now. Yep. And this girl, I think it's a girl, wants to be identified as a feline wants to be identified as a cat oh that's like a thing now that's it's thi- so weird that's the thing and sorry i'm know, just gonna say it's weird no no it's weird <laughs> I, i'm not disagreeing it's weird weird they are putting in replace of a stall of a toilet in a stall they're putting a big litter box from one side of the wall to the other side of the wall which if you want to be a cat i don't give a shit i, I ain't a cat <laughs> but it's like but then now people are trying to sue this school for doing it. And I'm like, but you're, you're, you're making the problem bigger. You're this, this could just be a phase that she's going through. If not, then it's not, then, 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 then it's not, but it's like, you're making, you're making it bigger. The problem bigger, just trying to sue the school. you know, it's, I, I want to know a different time. I like don't envy my kids having to grow up in this era at all. I think everyone says that like everyone thinks that their generation was a little less crazy than the one coming up. Cause I feel like when I was a kid, like my parents or their friends would always say, Oh, I don't envy you kids at all. And I'm like, wow, gosh, now I'm saying it. Like, it's true. I'm like, I'm glad I grew up when I grew up pre-cell phones. I mean, I'm older than you. I'm 42. So you know, we didn't have cell phones. Like we could do stupid right. stuff and not have our whole lives ruined because of it. You know, like we could be, we could be kids. And now it's just, it's a I confusing f- time. I feel like I could have been born in the nineties. I'm just, I'm just an old, like my parents, you know, I've said this many times. My parents 
they're just now figuring out Netflix. They're just now fi- because they're, right. they're not they're not old. My mom was 19 when she had me. She got pregnant in high school. So they're not old. It's just they were stuck in right. their ways. And now it's like, you know, I was not allowed to listen to anything but country music and gospel. I was not allowed to listen to rock, heavy metal. But once I found it, I said, oh, shit, this is great. Like, you know, it was like Kiss and Aerosmith, all that I figured out was great. And I don't know. I feel like I was born in the wrong generation. I feel like I should have been born late Mm -hmm. 80s, early 90s, just because that's my space. Like, I love, I don't want to be, I don't want to be one of them punk people that go oh man i'm all 90s i'm not but i just feel the 90s for me is the best era of everything music it was a good time some of the best tv shows some of the best movies came out you know it's it's crazy yeah but i want to know for someone like you that was in the corporate um you corporate america now you're doing the um the motivational speaking i want to know how do you how do you discipline your kids because I would ask this to, I would ask this to like, uh, I'm trying to, uh, okay, Elon Musk. I would ask Elon Musk, what do you get your kids for Christmas? Because obviously if they want something, I don't know how you raise them, but I tend to believe right. that if they want something, you don't have to go, oh, we'll wait till Friday. You go get it that day. You just have that much money that you're, wor- you're not worried about. So that would be the question is, hey, Rock. Hey, Dwayne Johnson, what do you get your kids for Christmas? Because obviously they have everything and they get everything they want. How do you discipline them? Because you don't you don't want to come out and you say, oh, I took a switch off the old bush and I whooped them. Well, then <laughs> we saw how that happened and somebody got went to jail for beating their kids with a tree limb. It's a switch, not a tree limb. But so I want right. to know for a motivational speaker, a positive, yeah. a positive person, how do you punish your kids? How do you how, how do you do that? What do you, what the step, what are the steps you take? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know if I've thought about it so much as like a process. Cause I think it's just something that I just do and I don't necessarily think about it, but to be honest, I do try to do a lot of positive, um, affirmations with them. Right. And like encourage good behavior. So like, I got a, we had some issues like two weeks ago, my son was just acting up in class, talking, 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 distracting the other kids. And I got a couple calls from two different teachers and I was like, okay, this is a problem now. We need to sit down and talk about this. So we had a conversation and then afterwards, like a week later, I got a text message from his teacher that he had a great day and that he was really on task and everything was good. And thank you for speaking with him. And so when he came home, I was like, I'm so proud of you. This was awesome. We're going to go out to dinner tonight, or not dinner, but dessert tonight to celebrate. Like we're going to get you some ice cream from like the local shop. And he was like super excited. So I try to reinforce like the good stuff more so that they're like, oh, I'll get something if I'm, if I do the right things. But at the same time, we do have to discipline them. So usually it's taking something away that they love. So whether that's no computer time, no dessert that night, like usually that's enough. Mm. And then if we have to, like, we'll send them to their room or something, but my kids are really super good. Um, all things considered, they don't have cell phones. So that's not something I can take Mm. away from them at this point, but I imagine that when they do eventually get them, um, that will be something that we, we take away and they let me know every day how all their friends have cell phones. I'm like, well, that's great, but I'm not giving you one. So sorry. If they could 
if they said, mom, I want to get a summer job or I want to get a winter job shoveling snow or whatever to get a phone. And they, they, mm. they did the passion and they did the dedication. Would you change your answer? If they were 14, probably, okay. Pro- probably. Okay. Yeah. Right now. I mean, they're, you know, 11 and 12. So right. I don't see either one of them. I can't even get them to mow our lawn. So I don't know who they need to mow ours before they go mowing someone else's. Um, but yeah, I guess I, at some point, I mean, I know I'm going to have to get them one, Right. but it's, oh, if I can keep that out of their hands for as long as humanly possible, I have every intention of doing that. And I tell them, we know my, my husband always says, Hey, you want to be exceptional? then sometimes you need to be the exception. Mm. And so we'll be the exception with being people without TV. We'll be the exception of being the people who didn't give their kids cell phones. And, you know, we're going to still survive. We're going to get by. It's going to be okay. You know, there was a school here that, um, it was a, it was a Christian school nonetheless. And they punished a kid by cleaning out the dumpster. Now, now, I don't have a I don't have a problem with if they took a water hose and they said, here, take this water hose and ripped it out. Whatever, right? They made this kid climb inside the dumpster and with a rag and bleach and wash it. And I was like, I said, whoa. And like now these this kid's parents are suing the school. Which, oh, I bet. Yeah, I would. And do you know there are people here that are business owners, giant business owners here in, 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 in town that are for this school and are giving the, the school the money to fight this lawsuit. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They were literally cleaning out a dumpster, not, not just a school's dumpster, the dumpster to Waffle House, the dumpster to the homeless, the dumpster to, to this place over here. What if something that they, they had dropped methamphetamine you don't never know i mean that's oh, not yeah. big right here i was like you're crazy and i'm gonna distance my because i was friends with some of these people and i'm like i'm distancing myself because i see the person you are i'm not judging how you raise your kids or how you punish your kids but if you're a, with a company that did this to a minor and you're for it I don't want any part of that, bro. I'm not, I'm far away from that, you know? Yeah. I think you're gonna be so careful. I mean, the old, uh, you know, staying in and clapping out the erasers at right, recess, that's like right. that's probably like, you know, I always tell them, they always, whenever my kids get in trouble at school, they always put them in silent lunch or they do restricted recess. So you can't okay. go out and play. Right. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do for my kids because they will just then act out more because they didn't get out any of their energy. I'm like, the best thing to do for them is make them sit down and write 50 times. Like I will not talk in class or whatever. I'm like, that will get you results. And they said, we can't do that anymore. That's considered like cruel punishment. I'm like, what? Like me, I'm like, that seems like a no brainer to me, but. Well, hang on. How, how is that? How, how is that possible if they're going to restricted recess? What are they doing? Sitting in a classroom and talking, basically getting, you know, it, it is, it, that's kind of the opposite of what you want. Like if they, if they're not allowed to write, then what are they doing in this restricted recess where they have to stay? Obviously they're not just sitting there talking. Yeah. They have to be doing work yeah. of some kind. Right. Like, <laughs> I, don't know, sit there and do, I don't know. I think they sit there and do nothing and just like are bored. 
But yeah, it's different times, <sighs> you know? Different times. Well, look, Karen, you can, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it was a fun chat. It was. It um, was. I hope I hope I did you justice, your book justice. Um, I know I'm not the best interviewer or talker. Uh, so thanks no, for coming on No, this was anyway. fun. I hope everybody will go get a copy of The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. You can find it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Um, also, if anyone is feeling stuck or frustrated in life and they're kind of like, uh, how do I get unstuck? I do have a free e-guide on my website, karenfreeland.com. It's K-A-R-I-N-F-R-E-E-L-A-N-D. And you can download the six secrets to get unstuck and that will help you on your journey. And then obviously, you know, if you want more help or you want to talk about what life coaching could look like, you can always book a call. And her second book, you're writing it right now. It's going to be called The Ins and Outs of My Ear Canal. Uh, that's going to come no. in a couple of years. <laughs> are you going to stick with Yeah, the, it's going to be a motivational book. Are you, are so you going we're, to stick with the with the uh, uh, the anatomy for, for this book? No, not for the okay. second one. No, no. There may be a sequel to The Ins and Outs uh, after menopause, I'm thinking. So we'll see. But for right now, I don't have a ton. Of, I don't have enough material for a right. second book. Um, although my husband keeps telling me he's going to give me plenty of material. So we'll see. But in the meantime, um, I'm working on more of a motivational book to help people reinvent their life. Well, Karen, thank you for coming on all that stuff that you mentioned. I'm going to put in the episode notes of uh, the podcast and over on YouTube. So, uh, thanks for coming on the show again. I I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was so much fun. All right. Thank you. Uh, once you get your second book out or whenever you got anything else to promote, we'll get you back on here and we'll do this all over again. Sounds good. All right. Have a good one. You know, Dano seasoning is changing the world one table at a time by offering the best all natural low sodium seasoning products on the market. Dano's goals are to provide you with real flavors to make healthier food choices without ever having to sacrifice the real taste. Dano's includes low sodium, which is only 50 milligrams per serving. It has all natural unrefined sea salt. There's no sugar, no MSG, no chemicals, and it's completely gluten-free. Also, there's 100% natural ingredients. Dano's seasoning is the most versatile seasoning on the market. Grill, smoke, bake, create soups, sauces, marinades. You can also sprinkle Danos on your eggs, your potatoes, maybe some pizza, maybe some pasta, and even while you're watching a movie, sprinkle some Danos on popcorn. Heck, if you're crazy, why don't you put some Danos on ice cream? Any food that exists, you can put some Danos on it. Go to danosseasoning.com, use my promo code HodgePodge, capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. Guys, remember to do that. Um, just like the spelling of the podcast, a capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. You can try all three flavors, which include original, spicy, and hot chipotle right now today. It's damn good. Yum, yum. Get you some. We are sponsored by Raise Energy. Powered by the enhanced refresh technology, Raise Energy delivers with a performance-enhancing energy drink that aids in the most often overlooked categories. Raise Energy targets focus, enhances your recovery time, improves clean energy levels, and boosts your stamina and hydration. Most importantly, each single can of Raise Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates, which that gives you a smarter and more healthier option. You should not have to settle for an energy drink that contains more sugar and carbs than you can count. Opt for the number one fan-voted energy drink on the market today with Raise Energy. 
If you want to get yourself a can of Raise Energy, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P, sports.com. Use my promo code HPP1000, HPP1000 at checkout, and you will receive a generous discount. <laughs>